Blog Talk Radio. Reality Radio Entertainment presents Behind the Curtain with your host, Kathy Barrett. Welcome to Behind the Curtain, a show about life and how we travel down the not-so-yellow brick road of it. I'm Kathy Barrett, and I hope you'll stay tuned for the next 30 minutes as I reveal what's behind the curtain. Like seeing a painting or a photograph that moves you, I hope that in each show you will see a reflection of yourself in our guests and their stories, and that the information provided will support and inspire you as you travel down your own not-so-yellow brick road of life. So welcome to the program today. show is Navigating a Crisis with Mukari Williams. Before we get to Amkari, I just want to announce that Craig V. Abbott II, he was our guest on Defying the Odds show a couple of weeks ago. He's going to be coming on each week at the top of the program, kicking off the show with sharing a little piece of his divine philosophy. Craig was given a two-year life expectancy when he was just six months old uh, because he was diagnosed with spinal muscular atrophy. So now at age 22, he has defied the odds. He is the uh, oldest uh, survivor in the world with his condition. And after having him on the program, I was just very moved and touched by him. He is such a positive guy with the pureness to his energy that, quite frankly, I need a weekly dose of. And so I feel it can also benefit the listeners as well. And I invited Craig and his uplifting attitude to join us every week. So I'm really looking forward to that, and that's going to kick off next week. I also want to welcome Iana Gary as our new social media marketing intern. Iana graduated Pace University here in New York, and she's seeking a job in human resources. So for anybody out there that's listening that has the power to hire, take that into consideration. And you can always email us at gobehindthecurtain at gmail. We can connect you with Iana. Uh, She loves the concept of the show, and I'm very grateful and excited that she's a part of our team as well. So today's show is Navigating a Crisis with Umkari Williams, and Umkari comes to us from the political arena where she worked as a consultant to members of Congress in areas of fundraising and event planning, and in 2008, after a routine breast exam, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. The experience of navigating that health crisis led her to become an author and to create an ebook to help others through the process. Now, for more information about her, and I love this, Medical Crisis Sanity Guide, uh, what to do when you have a medical crisis, maintaining your sanity while regaining your health. For more information about that, you can go to Amkari's blog, which is investigatinglifealloneword.com. So welcome, Umkari. Lovely to have you with us today. Thank you, Kathy. Lovely to be here. So, um, and also you remember uh, Dwayne. He is uh, the creative intern for Behind the Curtain, and he's helping me run the show this week. So he's also with us. Great. Uh, uh, before we start and get to your wonderful advice, please note that we are not offering medical advice here, okay? This is an entertainment program. We're offering you insights, experience. If you are out there and you're experiencing an emotional crisis 
and you're feeling extremely depressed or afraid that you might harm yourself or someone else, if you are feeling completely overwhelmed by life circumstances right now or having suicidal thoughts or think that you need psychiatric help in any way, please go to your emergency room immediately call 911 or you can call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or Samaritans here in New York at 212-673-3000. So thanks for letting me share that. Let's begin by defining what you mean by a life crisis, Mkari. Okay. Well, what I consider a life crisis is any event that comes out of the blue and completely disrupts the path that your life is on. So it can be a health crisis, as I experienced with my breast cancer diagnosis. It can be losing your job unexpectedly. It can, I mean, really, it just spans the gamut. Anything that throws you way off course is a crisis in my world. Sometimes all of those things happen to us at the same time, you know, or or several things uh, pop up simultaneously. So what's the most important thing we should remember when life throws us a challenge? I think the most important thing and really critical when, as you say, more than one of one event happens at a time, which is shockingly common, is to take time. Because what our instinct is, is to often either do nothing at all or leap into action. And what you want to do is take appropriate time. You don't want to make hasty decisions that you then have to revisit and try and unravel the repercussions of those. And you also don't want to stick your head in the sand. Neither of those postures is going to get you where you want to go. What you want to be able to do is take a little time, recognize, yeah, I'm having a crisis. I need to just be able to breathe and accept what's going on so that I can make a really good plan for how I'm going to get myself out of this situation. And that's great advice. And let's break that down because there were a lot of really good things in there. And and it's true. When a crisis occurs, we all have that fight-or-flight response. And exactly. and that has a huge impact on how the outcome of the crisis and how we're going to really be able to to handle it. So, do you want to share what the fight or flight yeah, response is? Okay. I mean, it's literally a physiological response. It's in the hardwiring of the human species, and it goes back to the days where we were confronting woolly mammoths, and the woolly mammoth would show up, and you either ran or you turned around and you fought. And that is still our response when we're confronted with a crisis. Neither of those things works because there are very few woolly mammoths roaming the earth anymore, (laughs) so it's unlikely we're going to encounter one of them. And we've become so sophisticated in our world that we need to have more refined responses. So what you want to do, rather than go into fight or flight, is take a moment, take a day, take a week. It depends on what the circumstance is. And just assess what's actually happening. Because one of the things that happens when you are confronted with a crisis is your brain stops functioning very well. And you start thinking that things are happening that are not necessarily the case. When I was diagnosed with breast cancer, you know, my immediate first thought was, I'm going to die. Mm. That was not the case. It was I was very fortunate. It was an early diagnosis. And the I'm going to die was not 
an actually rational response to it. It was a very understandable response. But if I had functioned from that point of view, I would have made decisions that probably were not in my best interest. Well, that's that's an interesting point because while we, we can't always control what happens to us, much of how we respond to these events depends on how we view what's happening to us and how we make sense of it all. Exactly, which is why it's really important to take the time to step back and just look at what is actually happening, not the story that we've created in our head around what's happening. Mm-hmm. The facts are as they are. You Let's say you were fired from your job. That's the fact. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to lose your home. It doesn't necessarily mean that your wife and kids are going to bail and go to live with her parents. It doesn't necessarily mean any of the things that we can tell ourselves it means. So it's really important to just say, okay, what are the facts of this situation? And then make decisions based on what's actually happening, not what your fear says is happening. That's a very important um, piece of the puzzle, isn't it? Because, you know, another uh, important aspect of it is talking, going back for a second to the fight or flight, that there are physical things that are happening to the body. And I guess we can say that the woolly mammoth is now losing a job or having financial problems or getting a diagnosis, a life-threatening diagnosis. But the physical, the you know, the stressed hormones that are released, I mean, they're, they're all causing some physical things to happen as well. Our heart rate quickens. Um, what else goes on? Our blood pressure. Wet. Right. Or we literally go into shock. I mean, all of a sudden you might find that your hands are freezing cold. And that's because you are going into shock. Your body is just sending all of its blood to your essential organs to keep you going. I mean, there are just innumerable physiological responses that happen to stress depending on who we are as individuals, but all of them impair our ability to make good decisions. Absolutely, as well as open us up to have other health issues because maintaining this status for long periods of time is really breaking down the body process. It really does. It's really important no matter what the nature of the crisis, that you get yourself to a state of equilibrium as quickly as you reasonably can so that you're not adding physical issues to whatever issue already exists or you're not exacerbating the physical issues that exist. So tell us, I'm sorry, really want to be calm. Yep. And how, so what do you suggest? What are your steps of navigating through a crisis? Well, I think the first thing you want to do once you have taken the time to just accept that whatever is happening is actually happening is make a plan. Sit down with paper and pen and perhaps some friends or family members and make a plan for how you're going to approach dealing with this crisis. If it's a health crisis, you want to make a list of the doctors that you need to see. You want to make a list of appointments that you have. You want to make a list of whatever tests you may need to take care of. You want to get on to making sure that your insurance is going to cover this or that aspect of your treatment. You just want to make a plan for how you're going to approach it. If it's something like a job crisis, a financial crisis, you want to really sit down and say, okay, what is my real financial right now? How long can I really go without having a job? Is unemployment going to be able to fill in some of that gap for me? What 
will I need to cut back on? What job options are out there for me? Make a list of everyone that you can talk to to find a job. You just need to make a plan. And in the act of making that plan, you will find that you are so much calmer. Because part of the problem with crisis is you feel completely out of control of your life. And we don't like that. People like to feel in control of their lives. It's a really important aspect to feel like this little corner of the universe is not chaotic. So when you can bring some order to it, you will be in a much stronger position to make healthy decisions for yourself. And also it takes us out of the victim place and puts us in creating how to solve the problem. I couldn't put it better. Your situation in particular, and I think this is another important point to bring up, is really critical because you had a diagnosis, and like you said, your at first your reaction was, oh, my God, I'm going to die, and then you recognize, you took action and made these plans and took these steps and realized, no, that's not necessarily so. But all in all, still, for most of us, the looming threat of that diagnosis is kind of with you now as your days go forward. So what are your recommendations for keeping emotions uh, in control about that? If that starts to escalate or gets heightened, again, we're going to find ourselves in a situation that's, that's going to be destructive to our health. So how did you really let that go, let that diagnosis go and move forward with your life without having it interfere anymore? You know, that was actually probably the most difficult part. It was very challenging for me to figure out how to get past the fear because I was petrified. Even when I recognized that I wasn't going to die from this, I mean, every single doctor I saw said, you're not going to die from this. But still, just having that word cancer associated with me personally was completely terrifying. Mm -hmm. So what I wound up doing was I enlisted a tremendous amount of support. I mean, my friends were amazing, and they listened, and they came and hung out with me and just spent time talking with me. I did a couple of workshops that really helped. But mostly what I realized is part of the process is just, making your peace with it, and that takes time. There's no way to rush any of this. You just have to make your peace with it. And it's not that um, my anxiety is gone completely. It's not. And I don't actually think it ever will be. I think that when I go for my screenings, I'm probably more anxious than the average woman going for a breast exam. But it doesn't run my life anymore. I just I'm able to say, okay, this is a part of my life that you know creates a little bit of anxiety, but I don't have to live in that place all the time. So I focus on things that are interesting to me. I don't focus. I don't let myself be a victim. I don't let myself focus on, oh, this is you know I've had cancer. What if it comes back? I have no control over that. So mm-hmm. I kind of just brush that out the door when it shows up. I just say, okay, got it. You're feeling that way. Let's just move on to something that, you know, you actually do have some control over, which is what you're doing in this moment. Well, it sounds like you've also reframed it, which I think is very positive because if you're stressed about the uncertainty of the future, there's two ways to handle it. You can remind yourself that these changes can also bring opportunity down the road. You can, you may find yourself in even a better place because of the challenge that occurred in your life. 
And it sounds like because you kind of reframed it from your initial reaction and looked at your situation differently, no longer became a stumbling place for you. It became something that kind of propelled you into a better space in life. Yeah, I you know, it's sometimes people will say, "Oh, you know, that a life-threatening illness is a gift." I I actually think that that's ridiculous. Um only people who have never been diagnosed with a life-threatening illness would say that, mm-hmm. but it can be a catalyst. It can be a catalyst for change in your life. And that's where a life-threatening illness, a job loss, any crisis can be a catalyst for really positive change. And that's the other aspect of it, is it gives you an opportunity to step back and say, hmm, this has come up. Does this, is this how I want to be living my life with, you know, knowing what I know at this moment, is this how I want to be living my life going forward? And if the answer is no, then it's a catalyst for change. And that's what it turned out to be for me. I definitely started doing things that had been on the back burner of my consciousness and said, you know what? I think I should give it a shot because the bottom line is nobody lives forever. So you might as well do what really calls to you. And that's been the biggest change for me as a result of my diagnosis. That's really great advice, Mkari, really, really great advice. And because I guess it's one's ability to be comfortable with ambig I don't know what's why my tongue's ambiguity. Done. <laughs> ambiguity. Thank you. Oh my You're god. Welcome. Uh talk about swallowing vocabulary. And uh being in the moment plays into this. Yeah, and this is actually not something that comes very naturally to me. Ask anyone who knows me well and they will tell you, Nope, she likes to be in control. So this was really a challenge. I had to let go of that really seriously ridiculous notion that I had control. But what it did free me up to do was just be more playful and be more creative and be more adventurous. And that's all good. Well, being in the moment doesn't mean that we're unaware of the consequences of any of the actions that we're taking. It just means that we're not having a prejudgment about those consequences. Precisely right. That's and that is a really nice way to live because we actually don't know what's going to happen. I mean, there's certain things where, you know, if you touch the hot stove, yes, that is going to hurt. Yeah. But yeah. most of the things that we experience in life are involved with other people. And since we can't know what they're going to do, we also can't know what the outcome is going to be. So if we can be comfortable with saying, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I can make my plan, I can work my plan, and do the best that I can, and just be content with, I've done the best I can. That takes so much pressure off. All of these wonderful, uh, this wonderful advice that you're sharing is available in your book and um, your ebook. So I just want to mention the website again. It's www.investigatinglife.com. That's all one word. And you can find out more information uh, about Umkari and the book that she wrote. It's great to have a little guide when you are going through a crisis because it's it's wonderful to have as a reminder to say, oh, okay, let me just, I have this. I can carry it with me. It's in my purse. So you can always, like, pull it out and say, okay, what's step one? That's right. I'm supposed to relax. (laughs) 
<laughs> and pause if no one's around to talk to or or whatever. But uh, we all need that. I know for myself, I have to constantly check in during the course of the day and say, okay, what's going on? Am I balanced? Am I breathing? Um, right. How am I reacting to this situation or that situation? Because, you know, your body will come back and tell you, hey, you're not nurturing yourself, you're out of balance, and so often mine does. It's a very sensitive kind of system. And it really, you know, it forces me to go back and say, okay, I'm not handling this right. I'm not breathing enough. I'm not meditating. I'm not... I'm holding on to the past. I'm fearing the future. You know, whatever it is, we all need to break that down for ourselves. Right. And I do want to just encourage people to be very gentle with themselves because when you're in a crisis, it is not the time to pile on and berate yourself for every mistake you've ever made in your entire life and, you know, that that's why this crisis has come up. It's it's not helpful to do that. It's really important to just say, this is what I'm dealing with right now. Let me just deal with this thing right now. And just take one step and then the next step and just do the next thing that presents itself to be done. Don't look too far into the future. Don't, don't drag things up from your past. Just stay really present and move in the direction you want to go. Beautifully said. The other thing I know for myself what, what tends to help me is to really be in the moment with where are where am I in my decision making in terms of my core values. Because when something kind of like explodes into our life and we go into that state of panic, it's it's really important to always go back to those core values to me because that's where my balance is. And sometimes the stress of it leads us astray. Yes, I agree. Right? So if we always keep those values in mind and beware of any kind of short-term wins that, you know, may cause us long-term anguish, I'm always like, okay, how is this going to work long-term for me? And, And to look at that. Because there is no easy way out of anything. No, there really isn't. And I think sometimes because we live in the society we live in, we we want an easy, quick answer. Yeah. And it's rare that in a crisis there's an easy, quick answer because if it were, it wouldn't be a crisis. So you have to be willing to pay the price of just walking through the experience step by step by step. And at the end of it, you come through it however you emerge you emerge as a stronger person because you have stayed true to yourself. You have learned things about yourself. You've learned things about the people around you. You have, Your friends are even more precious than they were before because they have stood by you through a crisis. Mm-hmm. Your family, the same. It's you know There is definitely something to be gained in every experience we have, whether it's a hard one or an easy one. That's really great. So let's move on now to this new aspect of what you're doing. You are now helping people to create and design their lives with texture. So tell us yeah. a little bit about that. Well, my whole life, one of my favorite things to do has been to design spaces. I was the kid who was always rearranging her room and making my little brother switch bedrooms with me, which was very confusing to my parents. But now, and then later on, I got involved in the whole simplicity movement because I like simple, but I don't actually like spare. I like simple, cozy, rich environments. And so I would go into friends' homes and I would rework their environments and with them to make them 
more the picture that they had in their minds but hadn't been able to achieve. So I've on my blog I wrote a couple of things on simplicity and got a lot of response from my readers saying, oh, please write more about this. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to actually just launch an entirely separate blog called The Richness of Simplicity, which will launch in June, the end of June, dedicated to creating a life that's simple but has a lot of texture and depth to it on all levels. You know, how can you be simple in your finances? How can you be simple in your home environment? How can you be simple in your wardrobe without it being a Zen experience where you feel like you're living in a monastery, which is not everyone's style, but it's very <laughs> much a lot of what the simplicity movement has become. And I just like that balance of texture and depth and richness and warmth with simplicity, mm-hmm. and that's what this is going to be about. So this is very exciting. I was uh, really fascinated by this new cottage industry that you're beginning, and so I thought it would be great to incorporate it into Behind the Curtain. And the first step, you've had very successful results with, and we're, it's very timely, we're hopefully going into spring, but one never knows with the weather being what it is. But um, this is a good time to kind of get rid of all the stuff that you don't need anymore, you haven't used in a couple of years, and to clean up your space. So tell us about your experience with how you handled that, and then we'll move on to telling people about the contest. Well, very briefly, what I did was last fall I looked around our home and said, you know what, there's a lot of stuff here that we don't use. And I can turn this into money to get something that we would like to have that we would use. So with the assistance of my husband, we went around the house, including our basement, and our we live on a farm, so we had some equipment in the outside areas, and we found a bunch of things that we put on Craigslist and made in the space of about three weeks over $1,000 just selling things that we have never once missed since. I don't even think we've thought about them. I had not thought about them until you and I discussed this whole thing. And I was like, oh, that's right, I, you know, we did that. And it was so gratifying because not only did we get things out of our home and get some money for them, other people were able to get things that they needed at a much better price than they could ever get them new. So I love being able to help people just move things out of their lives to make space for the things that they really love. And to have cash in your pocket. I mean, yeah. since when do we get paid for our past? It usually exactly. torments us. So <laughs> Exactly. And, you know, in Craigslist, you get a lot more on Craigslist than you would doing a yard sale, typically. So, But that's something we'll discuss at a future date. But, yeah, it was really exciting and it was really gratifying. And I'm so thrilled that we did it. We thought this is a great opportunity. Next week, Mkari's going to come on and she's going to give you instructions about how to be part of this contest, which is really going to be Redesign Your Life. And she's going to take, I won't get into all the details because we're going to get into that next week. She's going to take one room to start with, and she she will be with us for four consecutive weeks. And uh, you're going to take uh, a before picture and an after picture based on uh, the advice that she shares with you and how you've incorporated that into your own life. And we will announce a winner. And uh, and then basically the prize for that, which is really sensational, is you get to 
have a session with Amkari. And part of the contest is not only how you transform your space visually. Anyway, as part of that, we want you to write in and share what area of your life you would like to redesign and why. And so we're quite excited about this. And like I mentioned, she will be back with us next week. This is Mkari Williams. Her blog is investigatinglife.com. She has an ebook that is extremely helpful. And uh, you should check out her blog and see all the great advice she has to share. I'm so grateful to you for being on the program today. Thank you for being with us and sharing your wisdom. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This has been great. So anyway, it's been a pleasure, and uh, you'll be back next week? Yep, I will, so we'll talk then. Okay, thanks again. Thank Um, you. Next week, everybody, this is not the second coming, and I am not kidding you. This is not a joke. God will be on the program next week. That's right. There is a gentleman. His name is God Du, and he is from Alberta, Canada, and he will be here to discuss his life. And from what I've read about it, it's uh, pretty fascinating. So uh, please tune in to hear all about this young man, his journey, why he calls himself God. Thanks for taking this journey with me. I'm honored to have your listening. This is Kathy Barrett sending a virtual hug from behind the curtain. I'll be back next week, and I hope you'll tune in to Behind the Curtain. Peace, everybody. Thank you.